Welcome to AI Chats, a podcast series produced by the lawyers at Haynes and Boone in the AI and deep learning industry team. We're here to explore the exciting, ever-evolving, and occasionally controversial world of artificial intelligence. My name is Hong Shi. I'm an associate in the Austin office. I'm joined today by my colleague Gavin George. Gavin is a partner from our Dallas office. His practice covers privacy, data processing, and technology transactions. Gavin's clients include some of the largest airlines in the world. We're excited to have Gavin here today to discuss a topic that is close to my heart: traveling. Just like everyone else, I couldn't wait to travel again. Today, Gavin will help us to understand how AI helps us to fly again, especially with all the challenges brought by this pandemic. Gavin will also give us some practical tips on what to expect when we get to travel again. But before we begin, our standard disclaimer: this podcast is for informational purposes only. Is not intended to be legal advice and does not establish an attorney-client relationship. The topics we discuss are subject to change. Legal advice of any nature should be sought from your legal counsel. Hi, Gavin. Welcome to AI Chats. Good morning, Hong. Thanks for having me here. Let's start with some of the challenges airlines are facing nowadays. How has COVID nineteen affected the airline industry? Well, I think it will come as no surprise to anybody listening that the airline industry has not been helped by the pandemic and by the COVID nineteen outbreak.、Uh, traveling, business travel, international travel has fallen off of a cliff, and the airlines are a lot under a lot of financial pressure because of the lower volumes of travelers. However. Uh, this has led to opportunities for the airlines, opportunities to try out new technologies, leverage AI in some interesting and exciting ways that they couldn't really give attention to in an environment where it was just where they were so busy that all they could do was was hope to get the planes landed and off the ground on time. That's great to hear. That at least we have some silver lining、um, in this pandemic.、Um, could you please give us some examples of how AI is used to address、uh, some of the challenges by the airlines? Yeah. So、uh, there have obviously been a lot of new rules.、Uh, you know, we've all been faced with lockdown rules and and.、Um, You know,、uh, you know, business opening rules, and the airline industry is no exception. And in fact, they're dealing with、uh, rules that they never had to deal with before. There are countries that are requiring、um, uh, a negative COVID test. There are countries that don't allow travelers at all from other countries, depending on the level of COVID、uh, infection in that country. So、uh, the airlines are dealing with. A, a lot of、uh, a lot of new rules. Now, where they found some great ways to leverage AI is to process these hundreds and thousands of cross-border、uh, restrictions and、uh, testing restrictions and 
and um, and forms that these passengers have to fill out in order to fly these days. So one of our major airline clients um, has leveraged AI technology to monitor the various government websites, the various uh, you know the various international countries to uh, to find out when they change, when the uh, uh, when the guidance is updated, when the list of countries you can fly into and fly out of changes, when a new form comes out. This would be impossible for a human to do on their own. There would just be too much to monitor. So what the airlines have done is brought in some experts on AI and technology to monitor all of these websites and to flat and to make real-time updates to uh, the guidance that they give passengers about what they should do, uh, about um, the forms that they need to bring, about the tests they need to take, which is often, you know, a minute-by-minute struggle. So without the help of AI, the airlines would be in a much harder position trying to make sure that their passengers who are starting to fly now actually make it to their destination and then make it with all the proper forms and the proper testing done. There are several countries that are open for traveling uh, uh, and, and have been open for, for a few months now, but only to those passengers who are negative COVID testing and fill out the proper pay, paperwork. So that's been very interesting to see. And something that, you know, before the pandemic may have may have not been necessary, but of, of AI has been a, a great solution in that particular um, arena. That's great to hear. And I imagine all these um, AI tools will help us even after the pandemic, you know, to keep track of different restrictions or requirements. Um, we, I still remember how it is hard for me, um, a traveler, to keep track of those requirements or changes even for a single destination. And um, it is great that AI is helping the airlines to achieve that which may benefit us after the pandemic as well. So um, another interesting technology I've noticed uh, is great for social distancing is those um, face scanners I have seen in some airports. You know, you scan your face, which will the machine will verify your identity without you taking out any documents or interaction with any real um human being, and then will help you to, with the boarding process, making it pretty streamlined. So I'm sure some AI technology is behind those face scanners. Could you please help us to understand um, a little bit more how that process works? Yeah, sure. And you're absolutely right. Facial recognition is an AI-powered technology. We would not have the level of facial recognition technology that we have now, were it not for the help of AI. And this has been coming into being even before the pandemic, but has been uh, pushed even more because of the advantages in the airport and in the boarding process of keeping people separated and moving through the lines. So as you mentioned, at several points in the airport, and I'm not sure where you've seen these, but there's opportunities to display uh, or deploy these facial recognition devices. 
our airline clients are looking at these facial recognition devices in several points of the airport. First, when you come in, just to get your boarding pass. Second, when you go to drop off your bags. Third, when you move through the TSA checkpoints. Fourth, when you may check into a a lounge for frequent flyers just to hang out before your flight takes off. And then, of course, you know, most most uh, uh, critically is through the boarding process. The goal being that a passenger can show up, walk through the front door of the airport and never have to stop to pull out a boarding pass, a bag claim ticket or a um uh, or passport. Your face becomes your passport. And this is all powered by AI and keeps people moving and, uh, you know, out of standing in lines during these pandemic times. Uh, these facial recognition technologies are powered in a few different ways. They are basically based on the idea of matching your face with a government ID of some sort. What the first implementations that came out even before the pandemic were for international travelers uh, leaving the U.S. who had a passport. And what the, what the way that these facial recognition technologies work is they take your picture at the gate. Uh, the picture is only there for, for less than a second and is sent off to the cloud to be matched up against the customs and border, border protections um, uh, database of passport photos. And if your uh, pass, your photo can be matched with a photo of the listed passengers, they're supposed to be on that flight. Uh, their system returns a, a a green light for you to get on that flight, um, which is a very interesting, quick technology. Uh, some of the listeners may have gone through this uh, before the pandemic, and many more will afterwards, uh, where it will be your face that scans, and in three or four seconds, you're given a green light whether to board uh, the the aircraft. This, of course, has brought up some privacy concerns from passengers. And, uh, you know, for me, brings up privacy concerns as well. I, I'm not sure. Uh, it, it, it feels a little bit uh, odd to to walk into an airport and, you know, stand in front of a scanner and, and sort of have your face scanned. And, and uh, it, it may be something that travelers need to adjust more and more to in the, uh, in the future. Definitely, this raises um, privacy concerns for me because it seems like um, I, as a traveler, will have no control of where my picture is sent, how my picture is stored, and how my picture will ever be used again. And also, it's almost scary that, you know, you have no control of who will know where you are, not just um, the destination you're heading to, but also it is tracking your path inside the airport and people will know where you are. That kind of makes me um, really concerned. And I think this is, this is a complicated issue because from what you have described, multiple, multiple players like the government, the airlines and the airports are involved and each may have its own privacy policies. So Gavin, could you give us some idea how those players, different players are addressing our 
travelers' privacy concerns. Yes, you are not alone in this. This is a very, uh, it always feels a little bit odd to know that you are being tracked with facial recognition. And I can tell you, with dealing with our uh, major airline clients and also helping them respond to concerns and complaints from customers, that this is also front of mind for the airlines and the airports. They are thinking about this and they are concerned like their passengers, about how much um, data is being shared and how much we know about uh, you as as a traveler or me as a traveler. And they also are a little bit squeezed because many governments are are requiring um, facial recognition to be used as at the border. Um, So the government, the U.S. government included, is pushing the airlines to use this technology because they like the security and the the surety of having a facial recognition done by all those who are flying in and out of the United States for border protection purposes. And you have this the um, the health authorities, the Centers for Disease Control in the U.S., pushing the airlines to gather all this data about COVID testing and making sure their passengers are negative for COVID before they fly. There was even a discussion earlier this month whether there was going to be a requirement to have COVID testing for domestic flights. That didn't happen, but it's it, it has been put on the table. So now the airlines are squeezed. They're like, oh boy, oh, we have all these new requirements to collect all this information. Now, I do have some good news for those of us who are a little concerned about this new technology. The technology works in such a way that your picture is gone from the storage almost before you know it. So uh, the picture is taken on the camera, the, the, the facial recognition is done, usually less than five seconds, and that picture anywhere from you know 10 to 30 seconds to maybe a couple minutes later, is gone. So uh, the airlines and the airports are taking into account the fact that they don't want a whole bunch of facial photos of passengers to stick around for that long. Uh, that's a liability for them. They don't want to lose that, and they've they are cons- they're sensitive to people's uh, security concerns. So really, as you're going through these facial recognition devices, your picture is only stored for a few seconds to perhaps a few minutes, depending on the solution. So if I board a flight out of out of Dallas to go to Paris, uh, my picture is taken, my photo sits there for a few seconds, it bounces off the cloud uh, customs uh, server, pass, uh, 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 host of passport photos, and comes back and my picture is gone. Even before I walk down the jetway, it is gone. Now, that doesn't mitigate 100% the chance that a bad actor or a hacker could, you know, hack or intercept my my face or my photo. But the airlines are taking steps to protect passenger privacy. In fact, the airline never actually sees the photo. It goes to the device, it bounces off the database, and nobody, no gate agent or anybody at um, the airline actually could ever see the photo um, at, without, you know, somebody may be able to intercept that. We haven't had that issue yet, but, 
you know, it's it it's a fairly it's a fairly good system as far as privacy concerns. They are trying to minimize the the amount of data that they are storing about you, at least up until this point. You know, we can't look too far into the future because you know these technologies always switch and, and change quickly. But right now there's a lot of thought given to passenger privacy, which is some good news. Thanks for that uh, good news. I think the next time uh, when I'm at the airport, I will probably choose to opt in um, the facial screening despite all my privacy concerns for faster boarding and maybe for more security as well. But on the other side, I understand airlines have this interest to protect the passenger's privacy, but are there any regulation for the government on how the government may use my data? That is a good point. There is, and, and this depends on the the country that you're in, of course. Um, there are some broad laws, especially in the European Union, that restrict how much data the government is is keeping about you as you pass through, uh, you know, get on a flight, get off a flight, come in through customs and border protection. There is not as much if you're in the U.S. Uh, about the uh, the amount of data that the government can keep about you as you cross through the border. Um, there is uh, just simply not as many rules and regulations on that, and that's been a consistent sort of source of tension in many ways between the EU and the US. The EU is uh, expressing some consternation, some of the data protection authorities in Europe, about the requirement that uh, passengers from Europe into the, uh, into the US have to fill out a form attesting that they have not, uh, they have tested negative for COVID-19. Now, uh, this makes the data protection authorities in Europe a little nervous about how the U.S. government is going to keep and store and secure those forms that are now required for their their citizens to fill out. And this has been the subject of some discussions between the data protection authorities, between the U.S. government, and with the airlines, of course, being involved. Because the airlines are now, again, as I mentioned earlier, squeezed. They're squeezed between a regulation in um Europe that says, you know, you can't keep uh, data about passengers for longer than you need it or longer than you have the consent to keep it. Whereas on the other hand, they're being squeezed on the U.S. side saying everybody's got to fill out a form. We're going to keep those forms for a year, you know, and, and what is the airline to do? So this has been the, the topic of some some tough discussions uh, about you know, how long to keep it, how, where the forms are going to be stored. Um, and what's the best way to handle that data? Cause when you, ever you ask somebody, a passenger to fill, fill out a form like me or you Hong, uh, that that's, that's put somewhere. And, um, you know, there's always a chance that that could be misplaced or misused for other, uh, purposes rather than its original purpose, which was to make sure that you or I, tested negative for COVID-19 before traveling. Definitely. So this appears to be an ever-evolving area. Um, so we will keep our listeners, of course, updated uh, when we 
get to know more regulations or more development. Now let's turn to a brighter topic uh, on traveling again. So vaccines may soon allow us to travel, including travel internationally again. But I imagine that traveling by air probably will not ever be the same again. Gavin, could you give us some tips um, when we're planning on traveling by air again? Yes, it's going to be a little bit different. There are going to be um, new uh, regulations, especially for international travelers. Now, take advantage of those new AI tools. Log on to your airline's mobile application. Get notifications and uh, from the airline when your travel requirements may change. Uh, be aware that if you need a negative COVID test, which you still need, even if you're vaccinated in many places, that you have to schedule that in a certain window. And if your flight's delayed, your negative COVID test may expire and not allow you to get on the flight. So I think keeping informed is very important. Take advantage of those tools, like I mentioned, have the airlines app in your hand, sign up for those notifications, be ready and be informed. When you get to the airport, if, and if you're comfortable, you can take advantage of those facial recognition boarding um, to keep you, you know, uh, socially distanced, uh, boarding quickly, moving through the airport, take advantage of those AI-enabled facial recognition lanes where, where they are useful. Uh, you always, if you're uncomfortable with that, which, which some travelers are, airlines are always finding that there's a certain percentage, not a very high percentage, but, you know, somewhere in the, in the you know, less than uh, four or 5% that choose to opt out and use opt out and use the old methods, which is, which is fine as well. Uh, you know, the more typical presenting of the boarding pass when it's when even though that there's a facial recognition line. So I think uh, be prepared to uh, take advantage of the new technology. Don't uh, uh, don't uh, shy away. Uh, it will be probably be a little bit unusual to get back in the air again. But I think we'll all get in as travelers back in the swing of things pretty quickly. And hopefully we will have jump started through this pandemic a real uh, embrace of these tools, uh, these technologies that can really make flying safer and more efficient. So, um, you know, there is some civil, civil lining coming out of this once we can all, uh, you know, go on vacation again. Those tips, Gavin, will definitely come in handy when I plan my next visit to the Caribbean beaches, hopefully in the near future. You and me both, Hong. And that concludes our episode today. Thanks to our listeners for joining us. You can find episodes of our AI chats on various major podcast platforms, such as Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Our podcasts and relevant articles about AI are also located on the landing page of our AI and deep learning industry team which can be found at hainsboon.com. Our practice page also contains our contact information. Please feel free to reach out to any of us if you'd like to suggest topics for future episodes. Take care all. <laughs>